Hey, this is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer at Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. Uh, as always, I start every podcast the same way. I want you to know I spend time researching these and getting ready for you because it's important. You know, you want your doctor or anybody who's giving you information to be able to source where they got it from, not just make it up. So uh, please look in the details section of this video. It'll have some of the citations. Today doesn't have too many citations. It's just a little bit. Um, but yeah, take, take a moment if you have a chance, take a peek at it. Anyway, uh, today's subject will be Ozempic, <laughs> the failures of Ozempic for weight loss. When does Ozempic fail? Or you may also know it as semaglutide. So um, Ozempic is so hot right now. Um, if you guys have not heard of Ozempic, pause this and Google it and uh, get back. Now that you're back, anyway, um, Ozempic is uh, basically called semaglutide. Ozempic is the brand name. Semaglutide is the chemical name. Another name for it is the hormone itself is called GLP-1 or glucagon-like protein 1. And it has been blowing up on the market for the past year or so for weight loss. And uh, everyone has strong opinions on this, I know. And um, I'm going to avoid talking too much about those. I'm going to talk about how it fails and why it fails. Um, first of all, again, what is it? It's a hormone your body makes. It plays a role with appetite regulation. It plays a role with ins insulin secretion. And it plays a role with how your body uh, moves food through it. It slows down gastric emptying. Okay, And when you take it as a medication... Generally, it's used for diabetics, but it's also approved for in weight loss. When you give it to someone, it slows down their gastric emptying, so they're full with less food. Um, it normalizes insulin to be closer to the time they eat, so it stops that insulin overnight, being secreted excessively overnight, and it uh, uh, plays well with appetite. You're just not as hungry. Brendan, this sounds amazing. Sign me up. You know, it's, it's really expensive right now. And since it works so well, there's a massive shortage around the country, it seems. I'm not sure how it is in other countries right now. Um, and it's been around long enough for people to have taken it, lost like 20, 30, 40 pounds. I mean, I have a patient who she lost like over 45 pounds with it. They lose all this weight. And then they some people are noticing they gain it back again. And I'm like, what happened? Why did I gain this weight back? I spent all this money, or my insurance spent all this money, and Ozempic didn't work. Why? That's the subject for today's conversation. I want to start off with an example of a person who's taken Ozempic. And, I, and I, it's been around, I've known about it since, like, I think, 06. I remember when it was released as Bietta back in the day. I think 06 came out then. And um, it's, they couldn't make it in a lab um, usually recombinant DNA back then they were still using uh, Gila monster saliva believe it or not that's where it was derived from and it was very expensive and uh, side effect profile was massive with it but it's been around you know this is 06 that I know of uh, in the market I know it's been around for a little bit longer but that's when I first ran into it and uh, now it's just more common because it's more easy to manufacture and it doesn't have many side effects so one of the cases that I've seen with it that kind of exemplifies what I want to talk about today is, you know, you have this guy and uh, he retired around 55 and um, and his retirement was kind of, you know, relaxing. That was what he wanted to do. 
And so, you know, every day he would just basically watch sports. And um, he would go buy himself some cake every day. And he would sit down in front of the TV, eat cake, watch sports. That was what his retirement was. And and <laughs> I can't even say that's that's a good sign. That's not good. It's just not, hey, listen, that's not good. Okay, let's just say that right now. That is not a good recipe for long-term health or wellness. If you're going to have a piece of cake watching sports, okay. But every day, yeah, there's going to be consequences. So over time, you know, he ballooned up to around, I think it was 280 at the highest. And, um, you know, he's diagnosed with diabetes and uh, the consequence of this lifestyle, diabetes and, and obesity. And... You know, none of the medications worked, and so his insurance was pretty good, so they covered this. And he started injecting, and he lost all of it. All of it. He lost all of that weight. His diabetes diagnosis went away. His obesity diagnosis went away. I think he got on to like 170, I think. I have to look it up. He had on like 170 pounds. Amazing. It's like a miracle, right? Um, lab work showed that he, he wasn't having malnutrition. You know, uh, lab work showed he was healthy. There's no adverse with it. What's wrong with that? You know, here's where it got wrong. As soon as he stopped injecting Ozempic, he started gaining the weight again. He started gaining his weight back. So some of us would say that that is a failure in the medication. The medication is not a good med. You know, as soon as you stop taking it, you go back to being having health problems. And, and, and that's a good way of maybe of viewing it, but I want to give you a more nuanced view of it in a second. Let me back up a little bit more. When it came to his weight gain, think about this for a second. His body fat is not the cause of the health problem. His body fat is not the cause of his weight gain. It's not the cause of the problem. By getting rid of his body fat, you didn't treat the cause. There's no cure for the diet where you sit in front of the TV eating cake. There's no cure for an unhealthy diet. There is none. There could be shortcuts here and there. There are ways of cheating it. Sure, but there's no cure for that diet. It's essential to understand that because when you use a medication like Ozempic, you're not treating the cause of the problem with the patient. And if you don't find out the cause and treat the cause, they will gain the weight back every single time. Every time. When it comes to approaching the cause for weight gain with these patients and everyone else, and I've done another podcast on this before, some of this stuff is me repeating myself, but there's more nuance today specific to Ozempic. It's essential to understand why they gain that weight. Some of us only believe it's a calorie in, calorie out gain like with this patient I just mentioned, who, who was eating his chocolate cake. That's truth with him, absolutely. And, and it's important to be aware of that. Um, many of us believe, wrongly, that we gain weight because we're overeating and that we are having this extra weight around our body because we're not taking care of ourselves and it's a guilt thing and a lot of shame and they think that by using something like Ozempic they're cheating 
and that they're somehow or another getting away with something. And that's just not a nice way to look at people. I would say this. In a previous podcast, I was talking about why people sometimes crave carbohydrates. When people overconsume food, it's not always what we judge it as. It's so important for the clinician to be curious, not judgmental. In the case of that man overeating the cake, why was he eating the cake? Being a good doctor means I will try and figure out why on earth that man's eating cake every day like that. What, what, is he, what, is, what is the purpose of that? Is it a food addiction? Is there a mental emotional component? Serotonin deficit? A lot of reasons why someone eats cake every day like that. By treating that, that's, that's the solution. I want to say that first. And I did it again. <laughs> I went on a tangent. <laughs> I just see in, the, in, the, in the, the media so many people shaming other people for their weight and then for losing weight certain ways. And just, I just, it's frustrating because I understand the patient. I want to understand the patient. And um, that's what I'm here for. So, so let's again talk about the reasons why we gain weight. So give a quick little zip on that. Some people it's overconsuming carbohydrates and calories, et cetera. There's a lot of different reasons why, but they're overconsuming calories. Those people, hemoglobin A1C is going to be elevated. Okay. Okay. Those people, we need to figure out how to get them to stop eating as much food. We need to discern why they're doing it. We need to treat that. Other times you'll see people come in, their hemoglobin A1C, normal or even low. How on earth are they overweight when their blood sugar is low and normal? How is that possible? Because remember, hemoglobin A1C lets me see whether you're overeating or not, okay? So if the hemoglobin A1C is low, what could be at play here as well? Is, is we mentioned in the past, I'll bring it up again, stress. Chronic stress causes elevations in insulin. Insulin is a hormone that does a bunch of things in the body, but one of the things it does it forces your body to store fat. Whenever insulin is elevated, it really pushes your body to want to store fat. Okay? Another thing that causes high insulin, high estrogen, unopposed estrogen. So these are some three important things that need to be addressed with our patients. Without addressing those things and just putting them on something like Ozempic, if you don't treat them and you put them on Ozempic, as soon as you take them off of it, they're going to gain the weight back. It just doesn't work otherwise. There's no cure for it other than treating the source, the cause, every time. So as a good physician should, in my opinion, when you go into a clinic, your physician should try and figure out what is the original cause for your weight gain and create a protocol to treat that. When doing that treatment, if it's effective, you'll notice you stop gaining weight. And often, but not always, you start to lose weight. Sometimes the damage done to our body over time and our metabolism with age doesn't work great, and we don't lose the weight. We just stop gaining. That's not a bad thing because at least we've arrested it. Those cases, is Ozempic bad? No. As long as we've treated the source, as long as we've treated the cause, we could go back to using something to get rid of the body fat. 
that's not a bad thing to do in those cases. And then when you get their body fat down, you taper them off Ozempic and, and they go forward with their lives. So long as their body, their metabolism has been normalized, the reason why their body gained the weight has been cured and addressed, we're in a good place. What about cases that are more complex? And this is important to bring this up. I want to bring up a case uh, of, a, of a patient I had. Gosh, she's, I've had patients like this for a long time. I'll bring up one specific one, though. Uh, a case of someone called Melissa. Her name was Melissa, excuse me. Um, Melissa had a history of abuse in childhood and trauma. And she actually has a complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, she's on a, an SSRI. She's, she's on um, medications for depression. She's in therapy. And, um, you know, she's a little over 100 pounds overweight. And she can't lose weight. The cure for her is going to be therapy and, and care over time. And that works. Should I wait for the cure to be enacted before we use Ozempic? No. Think about it for a second. Her body fat, your body fat when it's elevated, is not good because over time it becomes more oxidative. It's more inflammatory. It's not, there's a lot of negative things about having too much body fat for too long. It's not a good thing. And therapy for complex PTSD takes time. And, and we're all unique should she have to biologically suffer while she's going through therapy? No, I don't think so. I think it's important to treat her the best I can, get the weight down the best that I can and stabilize her while she's in therapy. So I'm making sure she stays physically healthy during that time. That would be my goal as her physician. If you think about it with Melissa, if I withheld Ozempic from her because I want to make sure her diagnosis of, of complex PTSD was not fully resolved, if I waited, she would suffer throughout that whole time the consequences of her added body fat. The weight, the wear and tear on her joints, the overall effects of metabolism and inflammation, those are real things. So, to circle back and sum this up, does a medication like Ozempic serve a purpose? Yes. Is there a place for it in medicine? Absolutely. But it needs to be in its place. You can't use it as a shortcut. You can't cheat. Short term, you can. Because <laughs> people do that. They'll shoot Ozempic and they'll lose all this weight. They stop it, they gain it back. So, I mean, come on. That's cheating short term, sure. But the cure is the solution, Okay. So Ozempic plays a role so long as your physician is doing everything in their power to find out where the weight gain came from, how to treat that, how to manage that. I hope this was helpful. I really do look to your comments and your contributions uh, to guide me in, in future episodes. So please take a moment and, and comment if you like. Please share, subscribe, um, and uh, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time.